Today, in our amendment series, we will be talking about the Second Amendment. We'll do a daily shout out, a product review, and I'm going to also review a number one hit single. Welcome to Wonderfully Woke. Okay, today in our amendment series, we are talking about the Second Amendment. Now, I've got to say, this is possibly my favorite amendment. Okay, what the heck, it's my favorite amendment. I love the Second Amendment. I'm so excited to get into this. So, as always, what we're going to do is we're going to do part one, a history lesson on the Second Amendment, and then part two, we'll just get into some commentary and some arguments for the Second Amendment. So, let's dive in. The Second Amendment to the United States Constitution protects the right to keep and bear arms. It was ratified on December 15th, 1791, along with nine other articles of the Bill of Rights. The Second Amendment reads, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. One of the primary court cases dealing with this amendment actually happened not too long ago. It was called uh, District of Columbia versus Heller, and this is in 2008. So in the case, the Supreme Court affirmed for the first time that the right belongs to individuals for self-defense in the home, while also including that the right is not unlimited and does not preclude the existence of certain long-standing prohibitions, such as those forbidding, quote-unquote, the possession of firearms by felons and the mentally ill, or restrictions on, quote-unquote, the carrying of dangerous and unusual weapons. Another court case was McDonald versus the city of Chicago. That happened in 2010, and the Supreme Court ruled that state and local governments are limited to the same extent as the federal government from infringing upon this right. But we'll get into some of those later court cases, especially we're going to get into District of Columbia versus Heller. That's a great one. But I think it's most important to ask, what did the founding fathers and the early framers intend with this amendment? Now, we know from reading the amendment itself, they wanted a well-regulated militia because they wanted us to be able to secure our own free state. But I think it goes a little deeper than that, and I think that's the primary thing, but I want to actually talk about some of the things that they said about the Second Amendment. One thing that really, really bothers me when I, when I read anything, uh, especially I'm going to use an example, when, when I do a Bible study, is when people say, we read a Bible verse, right? So we read something, and everybody goes around the room and says, well, well, when I read this, it, you know, when Jesus said this, it reminded me of, uh, of my dog. And so I think he, he means this, this, and this. And somebody else says, well, well, I got something totally different out of it, Carol. I, when I read it, I, I think he, what he's saying is this. And it reminded me of, of, my, of my husband. And then, well, I got something totally different, Jim. And I just want to say, okay, Carol, okay, Jim, love you guys, but I don't really care about what I think it means or what you think it means. I want to know what Jesus meant. Same goes for any literature I read. So I want to know what these people meant. So I'm going to go over some quotes from some of the founding fathers and early framers on on uh, the Second Amendment. So we'll start with Samuel Adams. So uh, Samuel Adams said, the Constitution shall never be construed to prevent the people of the United States who are peaceable citizens from keeping their own arms. So we know for sure that at least Samuel Adams wanted us to have a clear understanding that no one should be able to prevent us from having firearms. Thomas Paine said, Arms, like laws, discourage and keep the invader and the plunderer in all, and preserve order in the world as well as property. The same balance would be preserved were all the world destitute of arms. 
for all would be alike. But since some will not, others dare not lay them aside. Horrid mischief would would ensue were one half of the world deprived of the use of them. Again, that was Thomas Paine. So we know from this that Thomas Paine knew that since arms, right, guns, since guns existed, there's no point in disarming good law-abiding citizens. Criminals and evil people are always going to find ways around the law, right? Criminals, by definition, don't follow the law. So the best way to protect the innocent people was to arm them as well. One way to say this, uh, another kind of side note you could say here is an armed society is a polite society. Richard Henry Lee said, to preserve liberty, it is essential that the whole body of people always possess arms and be taught alike, especially when young, how to use them. So we know that Richard Lee wanted us to have arms, and not only did Richard Lee want us to have arms, Richard Henry Lee, he wanted us to be trained with them. He wanted us to know how to use them to preserve our liberty from foreign invaders, but really from our own government, should they become tyrannical and try to run roughshod over the common people. Noah Webster said, The supreme power in America cannot enforce unjust laws by the sword, because the whole body of the people are armed and constitute a force superior to any band of regular troops that can be on any pretense raised in the United States. So we know that Noah Webster wanted us to have firearms should our own government turn its troops on us. Now, I love the troops, and I don't think the troops would ever kill innocent Americans. I'm just saying that it's worth noting that he wasn't necessarily wrong about the numbers here. Okay, today, we've got 1.3 million active-duty military and more than 800,000 reserve for or roughly 800,000 reserve forces, and that was uh, as of September uh, 2017. We know for sure that about 40% of Americans say that they or someone in their household owns a gun or multiple guns, and also 22% of individuals say they own a firearm. That's about 72 million people. So just like Noah Webster thought, there's always going to be more citizens with guns in America than there are going to be troops. George Washington, possibly my favorite president, for sure he's in the top three. He said, a free people ought not only to be armed but disciplined, to which end a uniform and and well-digested plan is requisite, and their safety and interest require that they should promote such manufactories as tend to render them independent of others for essential, particularly military supplies. God, I love George Washington. So we know for sure that George Washington wanted the public to be self-sufficient and able to defend our own independence. Hmm, kind of starting to see a theme here. Thomas Jefferson said, What country can preserve its liberties if their rulers are not warned from time to time that their people preserve the spirit of resistance? Let them take arms. That may be my favorite quote out of all these quotes. Thomas Jefferson wanted us to have firearms so that we could keep our rulers in check. And that's exactly what we do today when we arm ourselves. We keep them in check, and we'll discuss that here in a second. Now, Thomas Jefferson had another great, another great quote. He said, The laws that forbid the carrying of arms are laws of such a nature. They disarm only those who are neither inclined nor determined to commit crime. Such laws make things worse for the assaulted and better for the assailants. They serve rather to encourage than to prevent homicides. For an unarmed man may be attacked with greater confidence than an armed man. So in this Thomas Jefferson quote, 
He states what I think a lot of people today are saying, and it's very obvious. Again, criminals, by definition, don't follow the law. So taking guns away from honest, law-abiding Americans does absolutely nothing. Like, why should we be helpless and vulnerable just because the government says we should be? I'm not buying it. All right. George Mason said, I ask who are the militia? They consist now of the whole people, except a few public officers. So apparently George Mason wanted the whole people to be armed. Richard Henry Lee had another great quote. He said, a militia, when properly formed, are in fact the people themselves. So Richard Lee Henry, I'm sorry, Richard Henry Lee wanted us to be able to form a militia to fight against the government. Zachariah Johnson said, the people are not to be disarmed of their weapons. They are left in full possession of them. So we know that Zachariah Johnson wanted us to be able to freely possess our arms to the fullest extent. So now that we've taken a look at some of these quotes, uh, also, too, I just want to say this real quick before we continue. It's worth noting that in the Federalist Papers, Hamilton wrote about this as well, and he was very much in support of the common people having firearms, very much in support of the Second Amendment. So I want to make a few points. There's a reason the First Amendment is the freedom of speech, association, and assembly, and the Second Amendment is the right to bear arms. Those two amendments are the foundation of all of our rights. They're at the top of the list because, in essence, they cover and protect everything else. Secondly, it's very obvious what the founding fathers wanted. They wanted us to have our guns so that we could defend ourselves, but more importantly, we could defend ourselves against a tyrannical government or against a foreign invading army. I don't know if this was the emperor of Japan or if it was a general in Japan, but I know that in World War II it was said, I would never, by the Japanese, I would never invade America because there would be a gun behind every blade of grass. I want to say it was a general that said that, but I know that it was either the emperor or a Japanese general that said that, and they were right. If you try to invade America, even today, you can find a gun behind every blade of grass. So politicians know this, and they really can't argue that fact, and they can't try and really argue based off of any kind of constitutional ground that they have the right to take our guns. So what a lot of them do instead is they try to discredit the founding fathers by saying, well, why should we listen to people like George Washington? He owned slaves. I think that's a bad argument for a few reasons. Um, I think really we could do a whole episode on this, but for now I'm just going to hit my main two. First off, from a practical sense, any person can be wrong in one area of life, and that doesn't mean everything else they do and say should be discredited. Right? I've sinned. You've sinned. Does that mean everything that you do and say or everything that I do and say should be ignored? Obviously not. Everyone sins and falls short of the glory of God. Secondly, slavery is a universal institution that has been around since the beginning of time. The United States is the only country in the history of the world to fight a great civil war to end slavery. That is uniquely American. And quite frankly, I think it's so – I think this argument of, well, the founding fathers owned slaves. We don't have to listen to them. The Constitution was written by a bunch of slave owners. I just think that's so arrogant. And quite frankly, this is a left-wing argument, and the arrogance of the left in this way just knows no bounds. The left always wants to judge people of the past. I agree that obviously slavery is an awful, terrible, evil thing. If I was born in 1770 – or you were born in 1770 or 1650 or whatever, you don't know what your view on slavery would have been. I don't know what mine would have been. It's years ago. We have no idea what we would think. 
Because at that time, it was a universal institution, an evil one. But to judge people from the 1700s off of 2020 standards is ridiculous. And it's arrogant. It's really, really arrogant. And again, I'm not saying that owning slaves is okay. It's obviously evil. But the point is, if we want to have a little bit of mercy and grace from the people that will look back on us in the future, then we should give a little bit of mercy and grace to the people who came before us. I think that's honestly the right Christian thing to do, especially, again, for my Christian listeners. Okay, so let's jump ahead in time. So we we went over some of those quotes, went over what the Founding Fathers thought in the Second Amendment. I want to jump ahead to 2008, District of Columbia versus Heller. This is a great one. So District of Columbia versus Heller was a landmark decision by the United States Supreme Court ruling that the Second Amendment protects an individual's right to keep and bear arms. But this is additionally unconnected with the service in a militia for traditionally lawful purposes such as self-defense within the home. And the District of Columbia's handgun ban and requirement that lawfully owned rifles and shotguns be kept, quote unquote, unloaded and disassembled or bound by a trigger lock actually violated this guarantee. It also stated that the right to bear arms is not unlimited and that guns and gun ownership, again, would continue to be regulated. It was the first Supreme Court case to decide whether the Second Amendment protects an individual right to keep and bear arms for self-defense or anything outside of forming a state militia. So I don't think we should really have hardly any regulation on the guns we can have. The point with this is they ruled in this ruling that we were allowed to have guns for self-defense. And what the District of Columbia had done was said that your rifle or shotgun had to be unloaded and disassembled and bound by a trigger lock. Well, that's great. (laughs) I I love it when someone breaks into my house and my rifle's disassembled, unloaded, bound by a trigger lock in the closet. That's, That's really thinking smart there. So the actual holding reads... The Second Amendment protects an individual right to possess a firearm unconnected with service in a militia and to use that arm for traditionally lawful purposes such as self-defense within the home. Provisions of the Firearms Control Regulations Provisions of the Firearms Control Regulations Act of 1975 infringe an individual's right to bear arms as protected by the Second Amendment. United States Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit affirmed. So that was the ruling that they had. So when you look back through history, you can see that obviously the founding fathers wanted us to have guns so we could defend ourselves from tyranny or a foreign invasion, right? I think thirdly on that list, you could say home defense. And that was really laid out again in the District of Columbia versus Heller. A couple of things that I personally think about this issue, like I said before, in my opinion, the Second Amendment really, truly does protect all of the other amendments. It protects all of the rights we have. There's a reason the First Amendment is first and the Second Amendment is second. The First Amendment really covers everything dealing with who we associate with, what we say, what we do, how we assemble, how we petition the government, and the Second Amendment protects us. If you rip a dog's teeth out, all that dog can do is bark. He no longer can back up his bark with a bite. Having a gun is what gives us the teeth to say, no, I'm not doing that, or to fight back against a government that would run over us. And I think it's really ridiculous that every time there's a mass shooting, left-wing politicians try to exploit the pain and suffering of the families to further their anti-gun agenda. I think it's dishonest. And I think if their arguments were actually good arguments and the facts were on their side, they wouldn't have to exploit the pain and suffering of children and families to get people on their side. The facts would do that for them, but they don't have the facts, so they turn to emotionalism. 
I think a few politicians think they can actually help the country by restricting our access to the Second Amendment. Obviously, I think they're wrong about that, but I think that they're honest people and they're really trying to help. And I know this is kind of cynical, but I got to say my honest opinion is sadly, I think they're in the minority. I think for a lot of our politicians, I really believe it genuinely bothers them that we can defend ourselves without their help. We don't need them. And we can even defend ourselves against them. And because it's written into the Bill of Rights, there's nothing they can do about it. And that's why I think instead of trying to argue on constitutional ground, a lot of them, Ilhan Omar, AOC, Bernie Sanders, they just try to discredit the founding fathers in general and just say the founding fathers owned slaves, uh, America isn't separately racist, the Constitution is a document of white supremacy, because they know that they can't take our guns on real, logical, constitutional ground. So what do they do? They turn to, again, emotionalism, and they try to make us get emotional about the Constitution. And I think those arguments are poor arguments, obviously, but that's what they do. But again, they can't just take our guns away. Okay, this is America, not California. And the rhetoric around gun control in general, like a lot of the stuff that I hear, I don't think it really makes any sense. Again, criminals by definition do not follow the law. So I'm a law-abiding citizen who's never shot anyone. Why Why am I being blamed for the actions of evil people? Someone going into a school and just shooting kids, you're talking about real, deeply-seated, demonic evil, okay? Nothing is going to stop that person. But what you can do is give me a firearm to protect myself and to protect the people I love. In one way, I think the some of the, the gun rhetoric about taking guns away, it's kind of like saying, hey, we want to stop drunk drivers from killing sober drivers by taking cars away from sober drivers. The sober drivers are the people that are using the vehicle responsibly. Why would you take the car away from them? Also, too, I want to say, quite frankly, and I hope this doesn't come off the wrong way, but this is just an honest criticism I have. And I've, I've, again, on this very show, I've criticized the right. I don't think that conservatives are perfect. I myself am a conservative, but I don't think that we get everything correct. I'm always trying to reshape my views. However, I, I don't understand how people on the left who don't want us to have guns, like I'm talking about regular folks, that would say, why do you, you don't need that gun. I don't, nobody needs a gun. It's like they just trust the government. They're just like, oh, the government's fine. They're not gonna, they're not gonna wrong us. It's like, dude, they are people just like you and me, with sins and temptations. The Bible says that all people have an inclination towards sin, and that all people sin and fall short of the glory of God. Now, if you don't believe the Bible's true, you can take that aside and just say, I think it's obvious by simply looking around us that everyone has temptations and things that are not always good. Everyone has, to some extent, evil intentions at some point or another. It's just human nature. But if you're a Christian especially, you got to know that everyone has the capacity and even the bend towards sinning and wanting to be tyrannical like if you're in power. So we cannot surrender our right to have firearms. It is the one thing that protects us. It really does. And I'm going to give a hypothetical And I don't necessarily think that this would happen, but based on the rhetoric I've seen, I don't think it's impossible this would happen either. Let's say that I've heard many, let me start here. I've heard many politicians say that if you, if my child wants to transition their sex at at any age and I don't transition them, then I'm discriminating against them and I'm denying them their rights. Okay. Particularly Joe Biden said this in a town hall. So let's say that they start making laws about that. And let's say they start trying to brand all Christian parents or conservative parents as these 
uh, discriminatory monsters, right? I mean, they literally start trying to find ways to come after our kids. At that point, you're going to be real happy you have that gun. I'm serious. I know I'm not the only father that's willing to die for my daughter, my nephews, any, any, of, the, any of the children I love in my life. And that's what would give us the teeth to say, no, you've gone way too far. You cannot do this. Again, I don't think that they would just start taking people's kids away, but the rhetoric I've heard about, oh, that's discriminatory, you're denying them their rights, is very scary rhetoric. And in a very practical sense, having that gun or those guns helps me defend myself and helps my family defend themselves and it helps you defend yourself. Another point I'll make is, if you've ever watched a horror movie, okay, not one about ghosts, but one about killers, Basically, every horror movie ever invented could be solved with concealed carry. Murderer pops your tires and tries to kill you. Guess what? If you have a concealed carry, not a problem. Murderer breaks into the house. Guess what? If you have concealed carry, not a problem. You are in a situation like all these horror movies. You're trapped in the woods. They're camping. And some crazy murderer comes up and sneaks into the camp. Guess what? If everybody was armed, wouldn't be a problem. So... There's a good reason that we should have guns. It's not just for self-defense. It's for fighting a tyrannical government, and it's also for self-defense. The reason to have guns is endless. I almost feel like this topic is kind of like low-hanging fruit because it's so obvious why we should be able to have firearms. Like, to me, it's just common sense. But I hope that the history lesson and some of the points I made today uh, helped everyone involved, whether you're a conservative or a liberal— just trying to understand, like, this is where we're coming from as conservatives. I think a lot of us as conservatives, this is where we're coming from. And last thing I'll say is it really frustrates me. I don't know about any other conservatives out there, but it personally really frustrates me that people on the left are trying to say that I shouldn't be able to have a gun. I'm not saying you have to go buy guns. So why are you saying I have to have a gun? I'm not telling you how to live. I'm letting you alone. I'm taking the libertarian view. If you don't want a gun, don't get one. I think it's foolish not to have one, but if you don't want a gun, you don't have to buy one. But you're saying I'm not allowed to buy one. Like, just leave me alone. I think I honestly think that's one of the things that libertarians, conservatives, basically anyone that doesn't buy into the gun control lies. It's like, guys, we're not saying you must own guns. We're just saying we want to own them. Just leave us out of it. Leave us alone. And it's just really frustrating because it's like, you're trying to step into my life and tell me that I'm not, that for some reason, one reason or another, right? How many, what, what's the rhetoric? We don't need weapons of war on our streets. It, it's so ridiculous. It's like, I've never shot anybody. I'm allowed to have my gun because I'm a responsible adult and I use it responsibly. So just leave me alone. If you don't want to have a gun, that's totally cool. But don't tell me that I must surrender mine. That's one of the problems I've, I have in general with the woke left is I feel like, it's not enough for them to live a certain way. I feel like they're always trying to tell me that I have to live a certain way. And it's like, again, dude, I'm a libertarian. You can do what you want to do. I can do what I want to do. We can be friends. We can hang out. But don't tell me that I have to also live the way you want to live. I just think it's silly. So anyway, rant over. I'm off my soapbox. Again, I, I know this. I know I'm coming on really strong about guns, but I'm passionate about it. And I would sit down with anybody, no matter how left-leaning, and listen to them tell me why they don't like guns or why I shouldn't be able to have them or what gun control measures they want to use. I'm not saying I wouldn't have the conversation. I'm just saying there are some things that genuinely frustrate me about this. So anyway, so I hope that helped. Now, I have a great daily shout-out. So let's do the daily shout-out. Okay, today's daily shout-out goes to Coleon Noir. 
Uh, his real name is Collins Idean Jr. I think I pronounced that wrong. But he's known on YouTube as Colion Noir. Uh, he's an American gun rights activist, lawyer. He's the host of a web series called Noir. And he has over 121 million views on his YouTube channel and over a million subscribers. So that's as, as of October 2020. So that's recent. Um, so guy's got tons of attention. Now, he's probably the best gun rights advocate I have ever heard in my life. So an episode about the Second Amendment wouldn't be complete without shouting him out. So I could brag about this dude all day, honestly. I've been watching his clips. I love him. But I'm just going to play a couple of his clips. So I warn you, there's a little bit of language, but it's bleeped out. And also, I have a really, really freaking loud voice. That's why when I do the clips, you always have to turn your volume up because my voice is naturally super loud. (laughs) And so when I go to the clips, they're naturally going to be lower. So just know that turn your volume up for the clips, and then turn it back down so when I come back on with my loud voice, I don't blow your eardrums out. But here are the clips. El Paso is your hometown. Some on this stage have suggested a voluntary buyback for guns in this country. You've gone further. You said, quote, Americans who own AR-15s and AK-47s will have to sell them to the government, all of them. You know the critics call this confiscation. Are you proposing taking away their guns, and how would this work? I am, if it's a weapon that was designed to kill people on a battlefield. Robert, we don't care what it was designed to do. Matter of fact, we don't care what you call it either. Enough of this bull Call it what you want. Assault weapon, murder weapon, machine gun, assault clip, Pokemon killer. We don't care because to me and millions of other people in this country, our AR-15s are self-defense rifles that we use for hunting, sport, and recreation. But most importantly, to defend against any man, woman, man, woman, woman, country, province, continent, or what have you who attempts to take the life of me, the people I love, and the freedom of this country. Because I assure you that if anyone tries to do any of the aforementioned, it will be a war a war to protect the things that are most near and dear to us. If the high-impact, high-velocity round, when it hits your body, shreds everything inside of your body because it was designed to do that so that you would bleed to death on a battlefield and not be able to get up and kill one of our soldiers. Good! That's exactly what I want my self-defense rifle to do. That's why I have it. So that when some psychopath tries to take my life or anyone else's, it stops them from doing it effectively as possible. Why the hell would I want the thing that's supposed to help save my life be less effective if there are people out there trying to kill me? I don't want a fair fight. In that moment, I'm at war to protect my life. I want to cheat. I want the odds to be so lopsided in my favor that even the devil has to second-guess with me. We saw another deadly school shooting uh, this week in Colorado. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cory Booker has called for creating federal gun licenses, which would require Mm -hmm. fingerprints, an interview, and a Mm -hmm. gun safety course. Opponents of this say it would uh, essentially create a way for the government to, to track gun owners. Would you support a federal gun license? I like the idea, but you know, Jake, I'm going to tell you on this issue of the need for gun safety laws, um, we're not at any loss for good ideas. People have been having good ideas for decades on this issue. Of course you guys aren't at a loss for ideas. You don't need to be a genius to come up with ways to restrict people's rights to the Second Amendment. Just do what you all have been doing for the last several decades. Wait for a tragedy involving kids then exploit this trauma so you can use their tears to push your anti-two-way agenda. The devil wrote that playbook a long time ago. What we're at a loss is for people in Congress to have the courage to do something. And what's with the whole not having the courage to do what? 
infringe on the only constitutional right that says shall not be infringed? The members of Congress aren't there to do your bidding. You represent us, the people. This is America, not Venezuela, not Kamala Town. America. So we'll keep our Second Amendment rights if you don't mind. Good Lord, you're a political narcissist. Who raised you? Cole Leone's out there tearing him up, boy. I don't know if I pronounced his name right, so I just tried a couple different ways. Coleone, Coleone, I don't know. I think it's Coleone. Anyway, love the guy. I think he's an awesome advocate for gun rights, so go check him out on YouTube. Now, it is time for the product review. So, of course, for the product review today, I'm going to review a gun. I mean, come on. It's an episode about the Second Amendment. How could we not review a gun? And I just feel like, quite frankly, it is my duty as a red-blooded, patriotic American. I think I'm going to review a gun today. So today we're going to review the Ruger PC-9. The Ruger PC-9 is a blowback centerfire semi-automatic pistol caliber carbine manufactured by Sturm Ruger & Co. Designed as a companion to the Ruger P-Series semi-automatic pistols. For those of you that don't like shooting, semi-automatic means you pull the trigger once, you get one bullet. Uh, it uses 9mm rounds and the uh, 40 S&W caliber cartridges and magazines of the P-Series pistols. This is a fantastic gun. So my buddy, a really, really good friend of mine, um, he got this gun, and I got to shoot it up. Uh, I was up north a couple, couple months ago, and I got to shoot this thing, and it reminded me a lot of another gun that I really, really, really love. The other gun that I love is called a CX-4 Storm, but they both are non, They both use 9 mils, and it, it's really cool to have these little rifles that use 9 millimeter rounds. I mean, I, I just love it. I think it's, it's a great... Um, it's just a really accurate little rifle. So it was like one of my favorite rifles I ever shot. And uh, I'm honestly like, I'm not very good with guns. One of the things I didn't even really say during the topic of the day was I, another reason people want to have guns, obviously, is because of hunting and recreation. Like we all love those things. But I've never hunted with a gun. I've only done, I've, I've done all my hunting with a bow and arrow. So I really like archery hunting. Uh, but even I can shoot this gun, and that's really saying something. Like, if I'm accurate with a gun, it's a smooth gun. So, great little rifle. It's the Ruger PC-9. Now, normally, what we do after this is the whitetail tip of the week. But we already did a whitetail tip this week. So, I think it's time to continue our quest to find out what the kids are into, what's hot in the streets. So, we're going to do a lyrical review. All right, guys. So, today's lyrical review is going to be for a song called Driver's License by someone named Olivia Rodrigo. I don't know a whole lot about her. I guess she was like a star of a TV show, and then she decided to come out with this song. Um, but we'll go ahead and just play some of the song, and then we'll take a look at the lyrics, and we will break it down. So, let's go. I got my driver's license last week, just like we always talked about. Cause you were so excited for me to finally drive up to your house But today I drove through the suburbs Crying cause you weren't around Okay, okay, I, I gotta stop it right there. Because as a father, red flags are going up all over the place. So she says, I got my driver's license last week. So if she got her driver's license last week, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt and assume that she got it right when she turned 16. So that means she's 16. That means that when she was running around with this boy, she was 15. So 
I have a sneaky suspicion, based on the tone of the song, that she got her heart broken. And this is why it is not a good idea to be intimately involved with anyone when you're a kid. So I have a new standard. I talked about this in a previous episode. I call it the deodorant standard. If you have not started wearing deodorant yet, you should not be running around doing adult things. Like dating, that's an adult activity. If you have just started wearing deodorant, or you're just a couple years out from starting to wear deodorant, you should also not be doing adult things. Because you're not an adult. So you should just be a kid. Like, if this was my daughter, I would just be like, you are not going out and getting jiggy with some boy. I don't care how dope his ride is. All right, let's continue. I know we weren't perfect, but I've never felt this way for no one. And I just can't imagine how you could be so Where are her parents? I could have told her this was going to end in a disaster. Her parents should have told her that this was going to end in a disaster. She says, okay, I know we weren't perfect, but I've never felt this way for no one. It's bad grammar, by the way. And I just can't imagine how you could be so okay now that I'm gone. Because you didn't, guess you didn't mean what you wrote in that song about me. Because you said forever, now I drive alone past your street. This kid told her they were going to be together forever. Because that's the kind of crazy things that 15-year-olds say when they're allowed to date way too young. Like, I just, where is her dad? Shouldn't her dad have shut this down a long time ago? Because now she's all heartbroken, driving around at night. Lord knows, nothing good happens at night. Nothing good happens after the sun goes down. And now she's driving around willy-nilly. Doesn't she's emotionally unstable? I mean, I just feel like her dad could have shut this down a long time ago and said, "Hun, you can be friends with this kid, but you can't date." Okay, you're too young. Again, like I say, deodorant standard. You just started to wear a deodorant, kid. Take it easy. <sighs> I don't know, guys. I just feel like kids are doing way too much nowadays. It's my honest opinion. But whatever. There's nothing I can do about it. All right, guys. Well, that is all we have for today. So thank you so much for listening. And as always, we will see you right here next time on Wonderfully Woke. This podcast was recorded and published by Anchor. Anchor is the best when it comes to production, publication, and monetization. If you want to know more, go to anchor.fm for details or check out the Anchor app in the App Store.